0: Welcome to this episode of HBCU. I'm your host, D Brown CEO. Joining me on the show today is a three-time HBCU graduate representing Alcorn State University and the Jackson State University. Please welcome Dunye Hargrove to HBCU. Danye, welcome to the, uh, to Thank the program. You for having me. Man, I'm glad to have you. The pleasure is, is absolutely all mine. So I want to just start from the beginning of your HBCU journey. So when did you make the, the decision that you were going to going to attend Alcorn State for your undergraduate studies? Well,
1: I, it was 2005 when I graduated uh, from high school, and I grew up around HBCUs. My dad, HBCU grad, brothers, sisters, HBCU grads. So it was automatically, you know, you go in the Valley, Jackson State, Alcorn. And Alcorn was the perfect choice for me. Period, point blank period. <laughs> so after many weighing out all of the options, I said, hey, this purple and gold looks good. I'm going to the home of the Braves and I'm excited. So and from there, you know, went to Alcorn, graduated in education, and took off.
0: So let's let's talk about your freshman year at Alcorn. Uh, tell me about some things that you remember from that that first year on campus.
1: Freshman year, of course, I marched in the band. So as a freshman, they called us crabs. So, you know, being at an HBCU and most of those who graduated graduates of HBCUs you know that, you know, freshman year is a challenging year when you're engaged in band, sport and so forth. So that freshman year was a shocker. You know, you're learning the culture, the climate of the institution, learning how to get to class on time make band practice on time and things of that nature. So it was a great experience. Um I would say it was a it was a culture shock for a moment, coming from a predominantly, you know, uh white um high school and to, you know, a HBCU, very much so culture shock. But, you know, once again, it was fulfilling. It felt like family.
0: Yeah. So when did you decide or how did you decide that you wanted to attend an HBCU versus a PWI? Tell me how that came into focus for you?
1: Well, I had opportunity, you know, being one who was engaged in band and full marching band scholarship, Alcorn State University being the place, you know, that was nurturing, um, you know, was a family field and it was just a great fit. After looking at other institution, PWIs and other HBCUs, I realized this was the place for me just because Hey, they were willing to give me, you know, the funds I needed to attend school there. I mean, coming from, you know, single parent home, um HBCU for me was it was no other option, you know. So I made it work from there and went to Alcorn where I marched under the legendary Samuel O. Griffin. And I mean, it was it was a beautiful
0: thing. <laughs> so so you you were part of the sounds of dynamite. And so obviously you you, yes, you were in the band in in high school as well. So talk to me about the 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 cultural shock when you got to Alcorn and realized the rigor of an HBCU band program.
1: Yes, I mean going from, you know, all white school to and especially high school that march core style and learning I was a percussionist, so learning how to you know, adjust and be agile when I got to Alcorn and the late night practices, two o'clock in the morning. It was a shocker. I mean, it was to the point where I called my dad who had um, went to Mississippi Valley State University. I said, hey, man, come get me. Uh, send me to Ole Miss send me somewhere. He's like, we can't afford old Miss. You're going to tough it out the whole night. I'm like, man, he says, no, I'm not coming to get you. Tough it out. And so what it made me do is lean and depend on my crab brothers and sisters, those who were freshmen, just as I were. And, you know, we made it through it. You know, we were glad to make it through it, but it was a shocker because now you're learning how, you got to learn how to dance and you got to learn how to march high. And it don't matter what instrument you play, you got to be funky with it. You know, the HBU experience. And I I, I would say the best part was homecoming. As a
0: freshman, homecoming was magnificent. Talk to me about homecoming. How was homecoming your freshman year? (laughs)
1: And you get to see, you know, (laughs) you get to see everyone who attended and those who didn't attended and those who who just went and stayed a semester, come back. And it's a big family reunion. I mean, as a freshman, you know, my dad went to Valley and not, you know, not knowing anybody, you can go any tailgate and get something to eat. They didn't care whether it was the Kappas or the Qs or whomever. You could eat because we were all family. All corn was the common ground for that body of and that community. So it was just a magnificent football game. crazy.
0: Hey, so a lot of people uh, that may not have experienced an HBCU may not realize um, how much the band is the fabric of the HBCU experience. So talk to me a little bit about how the band is so vital to the overall experience.
1: Absolutely, I mean, music in and of itself is a universal language. And at an HBCU, the band is the heartbeat of their university or their institution. And being a member of the band, I mean, everybody knows you. Um, You have those that are affiliated with different Greek organizations. And so forth. And the band is, I would say, like the staple of that HBCU. I mean, we are we are competing against other HBCU bands. And it's it's a battle because we represent, you know, as we said, the sounds of dynamite and, you know, we represent something bigger than ourselves. And so that's the band is vital. It's like the heartbeat of that HBCU.
0: So how do you feel that Alcorn helped prepare you for the person that you are today?
1: Oh, man, most definitely gave me foundations, the foundation I needed to to be able to be, you know, analytical and thinking, be able to be agile, you know, being in a place where there's not many food uh, restaurants and things of that nature. The nearest town is Vicksburg, which is probably about 45 minutes from Alcorn, being able to make certain adjustments regardless of, you know, the situation or circumstance. Alcorn very much so prepared me for life. And it just prepared me for a career. It prepared me for life. And for that, I'm grateful. And for that, I plan on being, you know, continue to be a philanthrop-
0: philanthropist at Alcorn State University. So talk to me about, and giving back to the H- about your time uh, at Alcorn. Who were some of the individuals mm-hmm. that mentored you or sponsored you but they, that were very instrumental in you having a successful uh, academic journey there?
1: Yes, sir. Um, one of the individuals, Dr. Alvin Simpson, he was very major in uh, My Success at Alcorn. Um Dr. Peoples, he was major in My Success at Alcorn. You had a few of the um uh, and the faculty, a lot of faculty, a lot of staff, they were more like parents than they were just professors. Dr. Sandra Hull, who was also a professor of mine, psychology professor. I was petrified in going into a class and uh, man, she made me, you know, she was able to deal with the anxiety that I had at that time, being young freshman trying to learn the way of this institution. And it was so many, I mean, everybody played a role, but those three were the ones that tremendously constantly poured into me and let me know
0: that this is possible and you can do it. Just stick to it. So you graduate from Alcorn two times. Uh, you decide that you're going to pursue yes, your PhD. How do you make the decision yes, to then pivot to Jackson State for your uh, PhD?
1: Well, at the time, um, uh, I, I was working at Tougaloo College. And then one of my colleagues had just finished her PhD at Jackson State. I had left Tougaloo College and pursued, you know, another opportunity at Jackson State that brought me to Jackson State. And the door opened on its own to go into the Urban Higher Education Leadership Program. And I took advantage of me working here and so forth. And it just happened like that. I always wanted to be college president. It was always my goal and dream. And that door opened to
0: get a PhD. And
1: I went after it.
0: So how was that experience? Because obviously, uh, under the undergraduate experience is a lot different than that experience of the working professional. But I know that Jackson State's uh, PhD program, the executive PhD program, is catered towards uh, working uh, individuals. So how was that experience for you?
1: It was phenomenal, phenomenal experience. We have a great executive director, Dr. Walter Brown. Uh, man, he made the experience tremendous, uh, very rigorous. Um, being able to work, but also complete their PhD at the same time within two years was tremendous. Uh, I was at mine in two and a half years Uh, due to um, finishing up dissertation work or whatnot. But it was phenomenal. It still allowed me to be connected to my family, still keep my job, and then pursue, you know, my aspirations and my goals. So it was tremendous. As we said, Jackson State, you know, we're challenging minds and changing lives, and that's what they did for me.
0: Right. So we, um, you know, we at the uh, Sobo, Jackson State versus Alcorn. Which side you said (laughs) no? (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, you, Believe it or not, you're going to laugh at me. I literally wear a um,
1: LSU um, shirt. And you say, why? Because uh, I tell them I'm a brave tiger. The purple <laughs> and gold is for Allcorn, and the tiger is for Jackson State. So <laughs> I kind of do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, t-
0: so talk to me about your your uh, professional journey after completing college, uh, your undergraduate degree at Alcorn. Kind of take me through your professional journey. Yes, sir.
1: So after Alcorn, I went back home and couldn't find a job at the time and started working as an in-school detention director at a local high school. Then had an opportunity to get back to Alcorn and do my master's. And they hired me to work as a director of housing, um, a housing director at Alcorn at that time. And so I did that for a little while. Then got married because Alcorn brought me my wife also who's also at an Alcornite and um, got married, still working at Alcorn. And in 2012, we moved to Jackson, Mississippi, where I started working at Tougaloo College as a senior counselor. Leaving Tougaloo College, I came over to Jackson State as a Director of Retention and Compliance for the College of Liberal Arts. And then during that time, that's when I was working my PhD. Um, I uh, finished my PhD and I branched off into my own business, a mad consulting group where I'm the CEO of, and, um, You know, lo and behold, came back to Jackson State as director of retention and um, retention and withdrawal. And then another opportunity for New Orleans opened up and I went as now where I serve as the current assistant director of annual giving for Loyola University. And that has been a a great opportunity and so forth. So that's kind of a synopsis of my journey.
0: Right. So so let's back up just a little bit and tell me more about Matt uh, Consulting Group.
1: So MAD Consulting Group, we kind of cater to K through 12 and also higher education. What we're currently working on is, you know, being able to create something that will, you know, be the solution to enrollment management issues at our HBCUs uh, and, you know, student engagement issues, student retention issues. I've worked in retention for so long. So I'm like, let me create something that could be the answer because most HBCUs, in this current 21st century, they're having challenges with student enrollment because now students can make millions of dollars without ever stepping a foot in a college classroom. Right. But we still need doctors, we still need lawyers, and so forth. So I want to create something that engages the student. And also with MAD, we specialize in social emotional learning. We've had the privilege of working with multiple districts. Uh, one of the districts was Hazelhurst School Districts. Uh, down in Jefferson County, also uh, we work work with Jefferson County Public School Districts, where they are being led by currently another Arkanite who's doing a phenomenal work there as well. So, and a couple of couple of other uh, districts across the state. So, that's kind of what's been going on with Mad.
0: Okay. So now you're also in the ministry, correct? Yes, sir. So, so tell me about <laughs> yes, you know the when you re- when you received that calling to uh, go into the ministry and. And and share with the viewers uh, the work that you're doing in that area.
1: Yes. Um, so in 2005, God must have called me when I was on my way to Alcorn. So in 2005, July 31st, 2005, I preached my first sermon, um, preached my first sermon and been preaching the gospel ever since, um, have started several ministries and have been pastoring for the last 13 years. A church uh, at one particular time before the pandemic, it was called International Rama Outreach Center, better known as IROC. And we are currently now pastoring the church, multiple churches, uh, one church and one church in multiple locations, one in Meridian, Mississippi, one in Jackson, Mississippi. And it's called Different World Church. And we are making disciples, maturing believers and making a difference in the global community.
0: So you you are very passionate about uh, HBCUs, so much so that you've worked at almost every HBCU in the state of Mississippi, with the exception of, I think, Mississippi Valley State and Russ College, correct? Uh, why yes, sir. Are, why have you chosen to uh, focus your career on providing your talent back to HBCUs? Well,
1: I think it's vital that the same energy, the same... Um, deposits that I receive, it's only right to pay it forward. I believe that there were individuals who could have, like Dr. Simpson and Dr. Sandra Hill, who could have been at a Mississippi State or Ole Miss or any other institution, but they were at all point. And the deposits I receive is what is, you know, what people see now from those deposits is the result of what people see now. And I think it's vital to give back financially, you know, your time, your talent, and your treasures to your HBCU, regardless of what may be transpiring or the transitions. And so I think with that being the case, you know, me centering myself around HBCU, I'm kind of like, I think it was Damon John or John Damon. Yeah, Damon John, where he says, for us, by us. And I'm one, I just believe in us. And if we get on one accord, there's nothing we can't do.
0: So how has your faith in, in, in the ministry, how has it played a role in your in your journey thus far?
1: Yes, um, just looking at it all, you know, it was Paul who says, "It's uh, in Him I live, move, and have my being." And being able to understand that, you know, I wouldn't be, I would not, I would not be where I am without the help of the Lord, without His guidance and so forth. But the household I grew up in, my dad believed in two things, education and salvation. You, you wouldn't It wasn't one or the other. It was both of them. And so we grew up in a household that we went to church every Sunday. My dad's not a preacher at all, but he believed in education and salvation. And um, that has really shaped me, my family, and even now my children, they're on the same path. So to watch him, I have a son, get ready to graduate, and he headed to all So another HBCU graduate, potentially. And um, to see that, I believe that it's shaped the way I think, the way I live, the way I move, and also being able to express our faith in another dimension outside of just the regular church, but in the arena of education.
0: And I know you've mentioned your father a couple times um, during the interview. Uh, yes, your situation at Alcorn in the beginning of, of band camp and as well as how you um, kind of view uh, your religious uh, and personal beliefs. How has your, fa- your father influenced you uh, just in general?
1: Yes, sir. So my dad has been an educator and he's retired um, and my, my journey and my story is crazy. My father's been educated for a very long time. My dad that raised me has been educated for 40 years. He's currently 75, and to watch him, you now that my mother passed, raise four kids by himself, never remarrying, but always push us to be the best version of ourselves that we could be, um, that was that was the hallmark for me. Go to school, get an education, and so forth, and you know, it's just been a beautiful thing. Very much so beautiful thing. And he's always been that voice of reasoning. And he was my best man in my wedding. And so, having that person on your side who went to HBCU during the what, 60s and so forth, knowing the transitions, watching the changes of the times, and to be able to encourage me during the times I'm in, you know, um, tremendous. So, he played a major role in me getting my PhD.
0: So being uh, in the educational arena, as well as in the ministry, you've had the opportunity to touch and impact so many lives. Uh, are there any stories or, or situations that you can think of and share with my viewers that have that you can recall that really shaped your belief in, in your and your thought process uh, as it relate to impacting people?
1: Yes, there are several stories. Uh, if I could pinpoint one in, in this moment, I think it would be um, just looking back at my time at Alcorn and my roommate, one of my roommates. Uh, we would ride together from Columbus to college and he was in band with me and um, he was my roommate. And I was always spiritual, praying, reading my Bible all the time, the whole night. Well, he became a minister of the gospel uh, as my roommate. He accepted his call. He said, I've watched you. Now, here's something that's crazy. Uh, All of my roommates in college had a biblical name. One was named Peter and one was named John. I don't know what happened to to James, but, you know, know, Jesus had three disciples that walked with him. Right. uh, Peter, James and John. And um, it's crazy. The. I, I could find—I had Peter, and I had John, but I didn't know where, you know, the other one went to. So um, I look at that to see that my life was a light to another individual, and they watched me. Not just what I said, but how I lived. And I live by mantra that I, I, you know, from my fraternity, always do the difficult and strive for the, the impossible. And that's just something I live by, and I continue to live by daily.
0: And you so, mentioned that uh, you are— Sir? No, I was going to say you mentioned that you are a member of a fraternity. And what fraternity is, is that?
1: Well, it's only one great fraternity. That's Kappa Apple Psi Fraternity <laughs> Incorporated. No offense to the others, but I represent my brothers.
0: <laughs> right back at you. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah.
1: I so, knew you were a great man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, you know, and, and I want to ask, and the reason I want to, to ask you about that is that being the member of, and we both mutually agree, the greatest fraternity in the world. Um, how has K-Psi yes, uh Impacted your life and influenced you uh, on on your journey. It it has taught me to excel
1: under pressure. Like seriously, how to excel under pressure? You know, you know, think fast, be quick. It also taught me how to achieve in every field of endeavor. That is the goal. No matter what you do, be the best in what you do. Achieve. If you're not achieving, you know, you're not doing it. You're not. You not who you say you are, you right. know we achieve, we do the difficult, we strive for the impossible, so that's what I'm striving. I'm still striving, as they would say, for five new pie, and um my goal is to continue, you know to be a light that shines, and um that has been the the thing i I search for and I continue to search for is achievement in every field of human endeavor.
0: so I want to ask you just a couple more questions as we begin to wind the show down, yes, but I want to ask you just based on this journey that you've had thus far and your ability to impact so many lives uh, at such a young age, what do you ultimately want your legacy to be? That he did
1: what God told him to do, that he was one who loved people, well, loved God, loved people, loved his wife, loved his kids, but his heart was right. You know, Um, at the end, I I guess it wanted to be like Jesus, you know, it is finished. I, I know that I did what I was singing to do, and uh, I believe I've been, you know, graced to empower, encourage, and equip the next generation of HBCU graduates and uh, HBCU uh, constituent. And um, that's what I believe my legacy would be. He empowered us. He encouraged us. He equipped us for the future. And um, I can I can I can die knowing I died empty. My greatest, one of my favorite quotes is by Dr. Miles Monroe. He said, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but it's life without a purpose. To know that I died empty, that I gave the world, the people I love, everything I had, I can, I can die in peace when that comes. To know that I did it. Right. So that will be my legacy. And,
0: and we have about 60 seconds left, so I want you to tell me pretty uh, briefly why should someone select Jackson State or Alcorn State as their HBCU?
1: They both are tremendous institutions. Um, I would say selecting any HBCU, Jackson State or Alcorn, Alcorn in particular, because I went there in Jackson State. They are top tier, one of the, the best HBCUs in the world. And I stand on it, 10 toes down. And it's a place where you will be encouraged, equipped and empowered. So don't be afraid. Jackson State is a place that challenge minds and change lives while Alcorn is the place where we make CEOs. And if you want to be CEO, Alcorn equals CEO. So if you want to be a CEO at Alcorn, you want yourself challenged and your life changed, check out GSU.
0: Wow, great ending to, uh, to the program. Uh, I want to take just a minute to number one, thank you for taking time out your busy schedule to be on the show. We really appreciate you sharing your story and I'm sure many people will be inspired by it. But I don't want to end the program without first uh, recognizing you by awarding you with our HBCU Lifetime Achievement Award for your continued commitment and service to historically black colleges and universities. And you'll be getting this one in the mail and we appreciate you for Again, for being on the program and sharing your story. To my viewers, I want to thank you for watching this episode of HBCU. I'm your host, D. Brown, CEO. And remember, without you, there's no me.